0: So hello and welcome to the B2B Marketing Podcast. My name is Joel Harrison, I'm Editor-in-Chief of B2B Marketing and I'm joined today by Chris Bagnall, CEO of Transmission. Chris, welcome.
1: Thanks very much, Joel. Good to be here.
0: Well, it's great you could join us. Um, We're going to talk today about the Cannes Festival of Creativity um, and where we, uh, where we both were recently, and uh, I was participating in some of the events you're running at Transmission uh, at, at the event at the festival. Just quickly, we're here at Terminal Studios in London. Thank you to them for their letting us use their facilities. Um, and um, we're going to be talking all about can and what that looks like. Its relevance in B two B marketing um, and and all the things that is useful to B two B marketers to understand about it. So, Chris, the festival took place in in. Um, I should get these dates correct, couldn't I? Is it end of June? 19th
1: of June. 19th of June. Yeah. There you go.
0: Stamped forever on your memory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and um, you invited me to, to, to participate in some of the events you were doing. Tell us a bit about the kind of program of activity you were running and what you were trying to achieve from doing it. Who were and, – and what kind of guests you'd invited, besides obviously me, who was the most important guest. <laughs>
1: Of course, of course. Number one on the list, of course. (laughs) So, yeah, so, I mean, as many listeners may know, um, they will know the Cannes Festival of Creativity. They may not necessarily know that uh, this is the second year in 2023 where they actually had some B2B awards, right? Cannes has been going for 70 plus years, Cannes Lions. Um, It is known as very much a sort of consumer festival. But in 2022, they're the, the inaugural B2B awards categories. And as soon as we knew about that, as soon as we found out about it, being a B2B-only agency, we were like, we have to be involved, okay, in some way, shape or form. So last year, 22, uh, bear in mind, we were coming out of lockdown last year. So CAN was very late planned for most companies. I think we started planning in like April Wow. Okay. Uh, to go and you know, the festivals in June. So we very quickly planned a... Schedule of events curated and created, events and we invited some clients and many couldn't come, but some could. And so we went. We went to Can. We took a, a dozen or so clients and um, had a great festival, but it was very rushed. Um, and this year, twenty twenty three, wanted to do it much bigger and
0: much better, which is what we did. And the people you brought were very senior people, and there were a lot of them were certainly very senior people, global briefs, um, yep. kind of global companies, cutting edge companies? Yeah.
1: So last year, I think we we had no one
0: outside of Europe,
1: um, partly because you know, trying to get CMOs from America and from Asia uh, over to another country with two months notice is not very easy. So we, we started much earlier this year and we, we planned it uh, much earlier. And we had 17, 18, uh, very, very senior marketeers, uh, half of which were from America, uh, some from Asia, some from Europe, um, half of which were CMOs, so CMOs of companies like Corn Ferry and NetApp and Autostore and very senior marketeers from companies like HP and Google and such like. And um, yeah, we had a really, really good week-long set of events and entertainment uh, and lots and lots of to be marketing discussions
0: and it was because there's a series is the festival was a series of activities going on in the center of the town but the, the, the activities you were doing were kind of i mean would would it okay say it's almost like a fringe of the festival a bit like edinburgh you have a you have a core festival and you have a fringe and this was yeah. a, a set of activities that was very bespoke yeah quite intimate um, and it allowed them to actually Gets you to you to get to know them, but also them to get to know each other. Which I thought, from a, someone participating in it, was tremendously powerful. They all enjoyed talking to each other, didn't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, for for, the, for those of,
0: um, your listeners that have never been to Cannes
1: uh, before, it is huge, <laughs> and it is it takes over the whole city. You know, if it, if Cannes is a city or a town, um, <clears throat> so you have the, the the initial or the the actual official a uh, canned lines festival that you can buy a ticket for and they're not cheap and there's a huge um, organized amount of content and lots of sponsors involved in the actual organized festival uh, but then you have the fringe as you as you suggest that is probably 10 times bigger mm-hmm. than the uh, than the organized festival and so it takes over the whole beach it takes over the harbor you've got lots and lots of different companies that sponsor yachts Um, there's two harbors either side and everything in between you have the big players like spotify and google and yahoo and many others that take huge event spaces on the beach Um, and so the fringe being a lot larger than the actual festival itself gives you a lot of opportunities to get involved in stuff outside of buying a ticket that's not to say that the ticket's not. Uh, valuable it absolutely is but it's you know when you're taking nearly 20 odd people and staff as well to buy a ticket for everyone when it's in the many thousands is a little bit expensive so we curated and created our own content at the event um, many of which was uh, in conjunction with partners so google and uh, linkedin and amazon and meta and uh, a number of other partners where we created our own content. Uh, Some of it was official content that we took some of our guests to, and uh, much of it was actually content that we curated, knowing what our guests would want to hear. Mm -hmm. Some of the topics of conversation that we knew they cared about. Obviously, these are very, very senior marketeers, so you don't want to get too much into the nitty-gritty detail Mm of um, tech specs, if you like. So it was quite general top level conversations but we covered everything from you know what's going on in the world to how ai is going to change your business to the role of cmos nowadays to the differences between cmos and cfos views on brand in the boardroom and and everything in between
0: and there were some great conversations we'll touch on that for in in a moment i mean i think i think you, you you described the festival very well it is i mean i was i'd never been before i thought it was fascinating you know the whole town is taken over the the hotels get taken over the harbour gets taken over um and you need a kind of day almost to acclimatize to understand what's what's happening um so and 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 it's you know it's a glamorous part of the world so and you you absorb that glamour everyone knows can from the film festivals and they they don't they don't let you forget that do they there's lots of photos of film stars all around (laughs) and you can't move for designer names and all that stuff and um the level of rosé consumption um, is pretty high, I would say.
1: Yeah, your body ends up becoming 40% rosé by the end of the
0: week. It's, a, yeah, it's yeah. a good place to, to be. <laughs> yeah. Although the next week's probably less, more challenging. <laughs> yeah. um, but but being a bit cynical about it, I mean, this, it still has that air of, you know, as a, as a consumer agency. And as you said, there's some of the names you, you mentioned there. Down along the seafront, you've got, you've got Meta, you've got Facebook. And it's about that same company, aren't they? Amazon and, and TikTok and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, did you you know? Did you have any trepidation w- about bringing B two B people to that environment? Did you you, you, you cope it that the year before? You know, you still felt that was a place that you could have a B two B conversation.
1: Yeah, very much so. I mean, not not just because of the awards, the B two B awards, which you know, obviously was the impetus in the first place, but um, as a as a global event or gathering of um, minds in our industry that is very much focused on creativity although many adjacent areas nowadays there is nothing bigger in the world you know literally Um, there are many other events that are geospecific and you might argue that even the likes of CES in Vegas turning more into the advertising and tech uh, side of side of our business but but there's a there's an environment and a platform that is Obviously, something that people are going to want to go to in the first place, trying to get people from all over the world uh, to come to one destination. Um, It is the who's who of the broader creative industry, including, you know, media and entertainment as well, and ad tech. So, no, we didn't have any trepidation around the link to B2B. Um, At the end of the day, we're all trying to be more creative in B2B. You've got the great and the good on the show uh, in Cannes, and you know a lot of our clients are interested in what does good look like. You know what? What wins the awards? The creative awards and even the B two B creative awards. So um, you know, you, I think we we maybe had a couple of people that turned it down because they might have been on holiday, but there weren't many people that were going. Nah, do you know what? I don't really want to spend a week in the south of France drinking rosé.
0: I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, you put it like that. It's hard <coughs> to say no to. Yeah. But it's interesting the dynamic around it because we were talking about this at the time. You had a lot of CMOs from San Francisco or, yeah. or thereabouts. That's a not insignificant journey, right? Yeah. That requires it's two. That's a transatlantic flight and then a transfer to get there. And so you know that demonstrates the um, the desire and the appetite to be there. Um, and and you know my experience of the people I, I met was they would all turned up with a, a great attitude. They really wanted to be there and to learn, and they were uh, but, uh, relaxed enough as well to be absorbing of, of knowledge in a way that perhaps you might not be at a traditional conference. Um, so it's hard not to be relaxed when you're on a boat looking over the Mediterranean, right? That that, yeah. that makes things easier. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, and sandals and shorts. Sandals and shorts. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. a degree of kind of can chic. I think you described it yeah. to me, um, which is which is quite interesting. Um, but I think you also um, right th- because you, you you produce some t- to kind of for all sorts of reasons not least to populate the events you did you've done some of your own research into some of these issues which you wanted to discuss with people and i was involved in some of those conversations which was really fascinating tell us a bit about that research what what, what were the key findings you wanted to, to kind of surface with these people
1: yeah so it sort of stemmed back to i guess what's what's happening in the economy worldwide at the moment and um, you know, you've been living under a rock if <clears throat> if you you haven't seen that Know, particularly in the tech market, but broader B two B industries and industries at large, you know, are are struggling, um, and therefore that invariably impacts budgets when it comes to it comes to marketing. And yeah, very often the first budget to go is the brand budget, and uh, not just in B two B but in B two C as well. So we wanted to um, poll a number of relevant individuals in the B two B industry worldwide um, and frankly we're interested in the differences of opinion between the cmo and the cfo within b2b businesses across the globe um, industry agnostic, so plenty of verticals out there so we polled 200 cmos uh, and 200 cfos and frankly asked their opinions on the the potential divide of opinion of brand uh, in our industry and and the, the varying uh, different questions around the value of it and some of the uh some of the results that we found were kind of what we thought and then there were others that we were quite surprised at um so yeah it was something we we showcased at can and we've got a whole series of uh, PR um, and events happening post can where we're showcasing this research but it was something that we used as a little bit of a hook to hang some of the conversations we were having with the cmos that we took um, to can and had conversations with and some of the events and content that we put on um, as as a discussion point and as you can imagine there's all sorts of differing uh, opinions and experiences of a cmo and a very very senior marketing leader in big and small businesses and their relationship or not as the
0: case sometimes is with the chief financial officer of the businesses because they can be pitched as the bad guy quite often can't they yeah be- and we've had this conversation about brand versus demand it's always better if you're northern brand versus demand isn't it? northern <laughs> english um, um but it, it felt i mean i th- i thought the conversation was quite enlightened because or progressive perhaps is a better word because it was a bit like well we that's not it's not a debate we know we need to be investing in, in brand how do we do it and and then the cfo gets positioned as the bad guy but i got the sense that some of that perhaps was ero- was eroding and they want to do it but they just need to be shown the evidence they're not the guy sat in the corner of their arms crossed going no way never 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 do you, do you yeah. agree with that I, I think part of it is evidential
1: yes so there was a whole
0: piece on the research
1: around measuring Brand effectiveness and some interesting results came out of it, but it was also um, the perceptions of brand investment um, from all from both sides, but in all sorts of different areas. Um, perceptions of just marketing in general, um, but then also um, we asked quite a lot of questions around the relationship between the CMO and their CFO counterparts, and some of that was quite enlightening right um, so as an example um, you know, within the research 47% of CMOs sorry CFOs described their relationship with the CMO as somewhat collaborative <laughs> and another 21% admitted it's not collaborative or aligned at all which is really worrying yeah so nearly 50% <laughs> said somewhat and and 20 plus percent not at all yeah which is staggering
0: it's an alignment issue, um, and 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 it's a, it speaks to the the crux of it, which is an interpersonal human relationship, um, and some things. I guess there's probably lots of things that are, are that are kind of being an obstacle there. I don't think we don't think we did you we didn't we dig in probably into what those were, but did you have any conversations that, that alluded to that?
1: Um, we did. There were a whole, there were a whole bunch of. Um, uh, rabbit holes that we could, could yes, just go absolutely. down in. <laughs> um, in in the research and i mean the, the, the research report is 50 odd pages long um so we do we do get quite granular and we can slice and dice the, yeah. the data by vertical and size of business and um and such like but um another stat that i found quite compelling was um only half cfos were fairly confident in their CMOs' ability to make effective commercial decisions, which again is staggering. So half, yeah, only you know, fairly confident. Which yeah. to me is fairly is not
0: that strong. No, fairly doesn't. Fairly sounds like <laughs> fairly doesn't feel <laughs> comfortable to me. It's damning with faint praise, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that's 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 not great. Um, it's, yeah, I mean uh, another stat will throw you, you know
1: around marketing investment, brand marketing investment. So 50% of CMOs say that budget allocated to brand marketing is too low. Only 16% of CFOs agreed with that statement. So we've got a lot to do in our industry in terms of being able to evidence the power of brand and power of brand investment over a long period of
0: time. I think, despite the fact those those stats are a bit negative, I think that says a lot about the industry that we're even able to have this conversation right now because it feels like for, for so many years it, we've been almost running scared of the brand conversation, going, oh, well, we know it's too difficult. Let's just do some demand gen work and, and kind of do a bit of brand. We know that'll build the brand on the slide, but we won't necessarily tell the board that's what we're doing. Yeah, But, but now... We were actually starting to go, well, why is it a problem? What can we do about it? Where are the obstacles? Where are the log jams? It doesn't mean we're going to fix them overnight, but it means that we're going in the right direction. Would you agree with that?
1: I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think um, partly it comes down to, I mean, there, there's some great other research out there nowadays that does a wonderful job at um, explaining the, uh, the correlation between brand and demand investments mm-hmm. and the knock-on effect of one to the other. Mm-hmm. And I think we all endorse that sort of research. Uh, in the industry, um, what I do think there is a disparity uh, between is the the expectation of how quickly it's going to deliver upon its promise, and ultimately, as a CFO and frankly so to CMOs, how long is going to take to turn into actual revenue? Yeah, and so there's a um, a question that we asked um, the audiences um, around their expectations of how long investment in brands should take to deliver some sort of commercial effectiveness. Um, the CMOs believed it should take between at least 12 and 18 months. And the CFOs, CFOs, should I say, said the optimum time was under 12 months, which is staggering when you're polling some companies that have two to three year long buying cycles. You know, they want to see impact in under 12 months so I think that kind of lends itself to another question around how do we measure brand impact yeah and yeah. The different attributes and elements of um, the measurement criteria
0: and that's not around mm-hmm. the naivety of marketing being because some of the other stars suggest implied that the marketers the CFOs didn't think the marketers had a basically a sound financial, debt commercial uh, uh, viewpoint. Whereas that actually suggests the CFOs have got a slightly naive and mature viewpoint, if given the sales cycle is inherent in that,
1: Um,
0: and and I guess but what it comes down to is marketers' ability to navigate that change um, and to and to set expectations and to communicate the in the right language about what to expect, yeah. Which is
1: and they they need the metrics, yeah, right, and they need to um, staggering the amount of companies that don't even have the tools the analytics in place to, to measure these types of metrics or yeah. measuring the wrong metrics. Yeah, um, But then importantly, they have to, um, for their own job's sake, um, get the rest of the board to understand the important metrics mm. around long-term investment in brand and just how long some of these things take. And you know, without the tools and the techniques and the ad tech and martech in place to measure it properly and other Research and um, measurement uh, tools and techniques, then you know, you're always going to be a hide into nothing, uh, and you're going to find that question very, very difficult to answer. Yeah,
0: yeah. So you've had some, you've got some great data. Which um, there's too far too much to explore right now, but there's a wealth of stuff in there which I'm sure you can find uh, if you search for on transmissions website. Right? That. yeah, it 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 is. Yep, yeah. it's uh, uh, on a blog. Okay, uh, on our news insight section. Okay, so yep. lots, lots of lots to dig into there but we also then that was used for the catalyst for conversations with these mm-hmm. cmos and appreciate you've had you have four or five days worth of conversations but so um but what did you how, what, give us a sense of how the conversation went in terms of how they responded to that and anything you learned more anecdotally around th- these discussions and these kind of informal events that you're having
1: Yeah. So i mean i, I think it's important to to uh, contextualize some of the guests that we had there i mean there were no small businesses there, but there were definitely smaller businesses. Sure. you know A few hundred million revenue versus tens of billions revenue
0: at the, at the other extreme. And there were some of the, more at the beginning of their journey, weren't there? There, there some were some yeah. who were building products um, and scoping yeah. things out and others that are household names. Exactly,
1: yeah. Um, but the thing that struck me was um, the commonality between some of the conversations um, and the commonality between uh, effectively... All of our guests wanting and respecting a community of peers, um, regardless of geo and size of business and, and background, that they can learn from. Um, and I think you know, we, as an agency, you know, you don't get to spend that amount of time with a client on a day-to-day basis, particularly during lockdown. Um, you're very, you know, you're very rarely in a room with a CMO more than a couple of times a year, maybe um uh, but many times more with their uh, teams and department leads um, <clears throat> so having that sort of quality time CMO to Cmo and you know frankly one level down it's it's probably quite obvious but also surprised me on the other hand of just how many common problems yeah um, a yeah. lot of these um, guests had and they're the same problems you know they' um, there's lots of camaraderie in uh, story discussions around how it is in their business versus businesses they've worked at before. Um, so to that point, I think the um, the opportunity for some of these people to get together and just have that peer discussion is quite few and far between, yeah. actually. yeah, uh, I think it's getting better. Um, we should encourage that as an industry, um, frankly, from all sides. Mm-hmm. We're certainly trying to do it, mm-hmm. um, not just on the back of that, but... Bringing together like-minded people to have shared discussions around common problems, um, because we don't always have the right answers, and all of the answers and agency, we have a point of view. Yeah, um, but we're always learning from our own experiences, and the more you can have those broader conversations in perhaps sometimes relaxed settings, uh, the better.
0: I think one thing was undoubtedly true about it was that the context facilitated um, the dropping of of. Um, people's guards guard, yeah, yeah and yeah. so people were really really happy to be candid in a way that i don't really remember being very often you know if you if in, at a conference it's very hard to do that you get a very guarded conversation um so that was that was super interesting um i mean i thought one of the things was quite surprising is we covered so much ground but one of the sessions that i the panel discussion i was involved with um, on a rather rocky boat at the time i seem to remember um <laughs> we're talking one of the questions around ai um and i and i particularly given a lot of the companies, uh, a lot of tech companies here, right? And then these, I say, household names, very advanced companies. I didn't, I I was, I expected there to be um, a more, they they definitely hadn't figured it out. They were really kind of taking baby steps and there was a lot of caution that came through in that. Um, And I think that's probably quite good news for marketers out there who assume that they're not at the bleeding edge of of things in their sector. Maybe they're a smaller business or a medium-sized business. What it says to me is everyone's, Figuring out everyone's everyone's struggling with this, understanding the implications and the possibilities. Did you get that sense as well?
1: Yeah, very much. Um, I mean, the, there's all sorts of different businesses there, um, not just from our guest side and the attendees, but from the, <coughs> the sponsors and the, um, the the session sponsors and content providers and um, all of the businesses in the harbors and on the Croisette. and they all, they they're all in some way, shape or form involved in AI, whether it's from a, um, you know, you've got Google, for instance, they've been an AI first company for five years and we had Google with us um, as a guest. And, you know, their, their story around AI um, is probably about as progressed as some of the other um, businesses that perhaps haven't shouted from the rooftops about their AI involvement um, for as long as Google have. Um, but Google know that it is going to be a big part of their future. Mm. Um, They were very late to the party in announcing some of their um, usage of their AI tools and others have been a bit more forthcoming. Um, But it it is interesting. There's, there's, There's businesses there that have AI embedded in all of their infrastructure and technology because that's the way that their business works, like, Dynamic content optimization tools, or whatever it might be. And you've got other businesses there that are more sort of productivity oriented AI tools. And then you've got other businesses there that um, are part of perhaps the sort of media chain of events in terms of optimization. Yeah. So everyone's coming at it from a whole bunch of different directions. Yeah. We, we can leverage all of these things, not just as an industry. But as uh, you know as businesses and
0: individuals within our businesses but it's no one's no one's nailed it yet. no and, and I think you make a good a really important point around the kind of the almost the the business integrations of AI the business applications but I also felt even at the kind of granular within the marketing team level I didn't feel there was a great deal of confidence in terms of no one's I mean I think I think I guess you're probably an idiot if you're gonna set, put that head in a block and go we've cracked it yeah um, but at the same time there was the def- that 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 sense of confidence was definitely wasn't on display. Well no, no. I mean
1: there were there were some people that um, mentioned in their names that have probably barely thought about it yeah. um before that conference and others that are relatively far progressed in terms of their thinking and use cases and I mean use cases over and above some of the generative AI obvious use cases that are more sort of mainstream. Um so I think you know a lot of our guests learnt from their peers around half a dozen different areas that they could bring back into their businesses and just trial things. And I think that's the key with anything to do with AI. It's don't sit on the fence waiting for someone to give you the answer. It's yeah. like get stuck in, yeah. create a steering group, start tasking people with understanding how they can improve X, Y, and Z with some form of AI or gen AI um, and get involved. Because if, if you don't, you're going to be left behind in yeah. whatever industry you're in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we had some fantastic conversations as part of the sessions. I was I was joined you for a few days. I wasn't part of the whole thing, but I was. It was fascinating what I heard, and and I really, the, the the kind of sense of collaboration and sense of lack of guardedness was 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 really impressive. And you know, and, and I'm sure will be brilliant in terms of opening doors and reinforcing relationships. We also talked a bit about context for the festival as a whole. You know, you mentioned that 21, or sorry, 22, my yep. years are escaping me, was yep. off the back of COVID. 23, um, you know, well, has the world returned to normality? Do we know what normality is? Because um, we're in this strange time with economic headwinds, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, how did the festival feel on that perspective? Um, you know, As someone who's a newbie, if you arrived at that, you'd think there was no, you think... You know, crisis, what crisis, yeah. right? Everyone's going around <laughs> having a good time. Um, there's a lot of logos on display. Could, could you, was any of that visible to you as someone who's been there a bit longer?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been going for oh,
0: well, over
1: 10 years. Um, it's changed quite dramatically, um, even from last year to this year. The, yeah, it is the festival of creativity, but it's always been known as the sort of media and advertising festival of creativity. Um, probably back in the day, Way uh, pre-my years, it was um, ad agencies and some suppliers. uh, And even from last year to this year, the amount of um, lack of probably some of the big names, agencies and um, other players in the media and advertising industry that weren't there, but the replacement of them with more ad tech and entertainment brands uh, was quite prominent so, you know, um, cable TV companies, um, Netflix. You know, Netflix had a huge presence, took over a hotel on the main La you know, Netflix definitely weren't there last year. <laughs> Netflix weren't talking about an ad offering last year, and now they're talking about a commercial ad offering. So, unsurprisingly, you have the great and the good from the media and advertising industry mixed in with entertainment and you know, um, owners of channels and platforms it's uh it's moving more into that direction but it's all part of this huge ecosystem right? yeah which you know we are a part of um, but not you know, as big a part as some of the consumer players yeah. in the
0: market it's interesting that the ecosystem is is changing growing diversifying probably yep um, but then again the same boat you just literally the same boat the same harbor you've got PwC, for example, yeah. I've got a personal contact there and they're busy selling MarTech solutions, right? So kind of quite traditional B2B stuff. Yep. Uh, I mean, no, nothing wrong with that. Absolutely quite the opposite. Yep. And then you've got these very global entertainment brands going at the same time. Yeah, Fascinating. They're, they're, I
1: mean, all of the consultancies were there yeah. in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah but I mean, big, big audiences for them are, you know, CMOs. Yep. Uh, and, you know, frankly, anyone that spends big amounts of money on Anything to do with marketing infrastructure and sales, for
0: that matter? Yeah, it's going to need yeah. to be there. Um, I mean, d- does that in terms of the opportunity for you, does that change anything for as as, a, as something as I imagine you've you've kind of put a stake in the ground there? I think you're you're thinking about it again for the future. Does that does that change the imp- the implications, the opportunities for you, or it just makes it different, more interesting?
1: Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, we want to be more of a part of the actual organized festival. Um, which is um, somewhat a pay-to-play um, scenario, um, but we but we do, we simply don't care about consumer audiences. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, to to answer your question, yes, we want to be a part of it, but in our own confined way. Yeah. And there's you know there's plenty of B two B content within the actual organised festival, but you've got to find it. Yeah. Because it's so vast. Yeah. Um, for us, it's about doing what we've done previously better. Um, so we're definitely going to do it again. We'll use it as a um, an opportunity to spend good time uh, with some of our clients uh, and friends and frankly the industry because we meet a lot of suppliers and potential suppliers when we're there as well. And there's a lot of senior people that go to Cannes. Um, but um, I think... We would just try and tweak it and do it better. And once you go and you've done it a couple of times, you realise what works and what doesn't, mm. and you realise what you've got to pay for and what you don't need mm. to pay for. Um, and just frankly, by trial and error and osmosis, you, you figure out what is the best model and the things that are going to keep people interested and want to come and get some value from it. Yeah, yeah. And so that you know, that's driven by content. Yeah. You know, who, who can you get and what can you talk about that's going to be interesting to individuals to make them want to come?
0: It sounds sensible to me. Um, and as you say, you, the more you invest in something, I mean, I don't mean in cost, I mean, in terms of time, the better you understand the opportunity and how it, and how it all works. On the subject of content, though, obviously, as you mentioned right at the start, Can uh, launched their B2B Lion last year. Yeah. Um, and um, they had another set of winners this year. Um I was I, I really wanted to see the work, and I went into the in I got a press pass and went into the um, the, the venue and looked for it and found it wasn't on display, which um, I, I thought maybe suggests they weren't quite as committed to B two B as they they're claiming they were because there was there's like seventy other categories that were on display so. That's disappointing. Well, but we looked at you looked briefly at the work. I mean, it's quite interesting that the the, the, short, the brands that are in there are quite an interesting mix, aren't they? Um, and in compared yep. to, they're not typically your, your typical B two B companies. I think there's a lot of con, you know consumer or, or no,
1: they're not. Um, I mean, f- firstly, it's disappointed they didn't display the B two B work. Um, and actually, I didn't know that. Um, not having a press pass and not buying a <laughs> ticket to the actual <laughs> festival, so I didn't see that. Um, <clears throat> but you know as far as an announcement um or when they announced the um the winners that was you know as part of their press coverage so we we saw and we actually we actually held a session ourselves uh, with some of our clients on what it takes to win uh, can and other awards and that was one of the most liked sessions um so yeah i mean it, it is interesting um what is slightly disappointing is you don't see smaller agencies or many independents at all um, and definitely none that are known for B2B winning the B2B categories. It's all the mainstream agencies that are 95% consumer. Um, They might have a smattering of B2B clients or they might have the B2B part of a client that um, is a smaller part of uh, their overall business. Um, But don't you know, I'm not going to take away from the from the creativity of some of the winners, it was really good. Um, the Grand Prix and the B2B specifically uh, category was a um, piece of work by an agency in Brazil for the UN. I mean, how many of you listeners work for the UN? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a difficult client to get. Absolutely, <laughs> um, But it was called Earth and it was um, brilliantly creative uh, and it was a, an idea that, uh, effectively floated earth as a stock on an open stock market mm. and tracked its performance over a period of time based on a whole bunch of parameters mm. around its you know, environmental and societal um, change and news that's in current affairs on a day-to-day basis. And they tracked stock prices over a period of time. It really made a lot of people think about the damage we're doing to the earth and how... Certain political decisions have impacts on stock prices yeah. uh, compared to the earth. You know, there's some other good work. Um, one of our clients, Intel, won um, a really good um, gold in the B2B category mm. for a really cool piece of work that they did around deep fakes and being able to uh, identify when deep fake technology is utilized in videos. Mm. Which was really, really creative. Unfortunately, we didn't do the work. It was another agency, a bigger one, uh, more known for its consumer work. But it was B 2 B, and I think for me, it's not necessarily. Uh, sometimes we don't have the clients that have the either the budgets or the um, the um, maybe the the impetus or the vision. Uh, to get that creative mm. whatever they're trying to do but i think it's upon us as an industry to show them what good looks like mm. and that doesn't need to be from just a b2b agency mm. you know a, a broader agency that does a good piece of b2b work mm. and showcasing that and talking through with a lot of our clients around you know what was it around this work that truly was great because that seeds ideas in their brains for
0: the future, and that's exactly what we we'll want. And the opportunity to have the conversation in that environment, where they're open to those those ideas, is great. I I don't I I think it's great to get your perspective on some of those campaigns. I I, I look at it, and I don't know if I think it's a good thing that you've got kind of Heineken and people like that in the B two B category, yep. because it's you know what I feel like there's so much that needs to be celebrated that isn't Heineken yep. um, in all these these great b2b brands that are doing fantastic work under the radar with a different set of parameters i guess it's some i guess it's good to have had some diversity right that's the that's the audience that 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 festival that awards program attracts that audience because it's a set of global um agency brands and sometimes you're probably getting stuff entered in multiple categories um just i just look at it and i I looked at the shortlist and thought or the winners and thought how does that relate to the to who I talk to every day, yeah. um, and there was a disparity. That doesn't mean it's wrong, but um, it would be nice if the gap was closed, and it wasn't just a. I'd, what well, I'd hate it to be as a rubber stamp for people doing a bit of B two C work and getting another accolade for it, and yeah. not understanding the technicalities involved often in B two B. But you know, it's a step in the right direction. Maybe next year they'll put it on display as well. Um, and
1: let, let's, let's not forget, you know, a lot, a lot of, if not all of these brands. You know, Heinz won a bunch of B two Bs. Heineken. They all have trade. Mm. They all have trade channels, which is you know is B two B. Yeah, and so we, you know, like I say, we, you know, but a lot of these these businesses have a small portion of their spend and creativity that goes into B two B, but mm. it's still B two B. And I think it's you know, like I say, it's it's probably our our um, you know our duty to show clients what good can look like mm. despite what it's traditionally looked
0: like yeah. in our industry yeah well we should we definitely all aspire to better things right yeah. um and anywhere we can get that stimulus and raise our game is, is got to be a good thing so um we've talked a little about the festival um and about your involvement there um you're going back next year but somebody who's thinking about attending um who's, who's aware that there's some beat this b2b stuff around the fringes um uh of um uh, of, of B- that relates to B2B marketing and someone's thinking about going, what would you say to them? What, what, what advice would you give them to get the best out of, um, um, out of participating?
1: Yeah, I mean, do, do not underestimate the scale of it. It's vast. Um, so for, forward planning, what you're going to do, um, when, and all of the different content that you want to be, and not just content, by the way, lunches and entertainment. And I mean, there are, huge names and bands and DJs um, that are there um, throughout the week and you can get invited to a lot of parties. And so just planning your schedule from top to bottom is you know, well worth spending good time on you know, because you, you, know, you, you saw how busy it was. So you know, Trying to get a cab from one place to another that might take you far less time if you walk backwards. Uh, frankly, (laughs) it's a challenge itself and if you need to be in one place, you know, one minute and another place in, you know, half an hour later, you know, extend that by an extra half an hour just to get there. So plan what you're going to do. There's going to be a whole bunch of conflicting things um, on at the same time because there is just so much going on. Mm. Um, But when you're there, depending on the reasons of why you're going, um, I would... I would advise just trying to get a really good breadth of content. Because there, there's so much stuff available. Uh, if you only go just to the, uh, the festival content itself, you're missing out on this huge fringe opportunity. Um, and there's you know, as much good content, if not better, outside of it. Yes, it's all sponsored, but a lot of these brands, you know, they're, they're having speakers like Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Hart and big celebs on their stage and that's just the fringe let alone the actual festival itself so um plan it and uh, get there very
0: early some <laughs> of the big sessions get completely sold out and get in. planning for a festival seems like a bit oxymoronic doesn't yeah. it um, <laughs> but but you know, pragmatic pragmatism rules so um yeah good advice very good advice and i could see that i was i scratched the surface of it and um it took me much of the time I was there to a uh, climate to understand what the hell was going on um so fascinating place um yeah. uh Chris it's been great speaking to you uh, thank you very much for your time today um congratulations on on a, on a project that was well executed and got some great feedback um so, uh, so thanks for joining us and hope you join us again very soon on the b2b marketing podcast for another episode thank
1: you thanks for having me Joe